The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now here's your host, Mary Woods. Hello everybody, this is John McAndrew, your guest host, uh, and welcome to the show today. Today we're going to talk to Kristen Barton Q. Thrill, and I hope I pronounced that name right, about her book called The Snowball Effect, and uh, I'm going to read you a couple little things it says about Kristen. Kristen started researching for The Snowball Effect during her time working in acute inpatient psychiatric care in a hospital, and she noticed that without hope and positivity, things can fall apart for people fairly quickly, so she set out to develop techniques for managing emotions and calming thoughts. Um, she currently practices at Eden Counseling Center and works with everybody, really, adolescents, adults, families, and groups in Nor- Norfolk, Virginia. And as I read the book, uh, Kristen, it was, uh, there's a lot of scientific evidence-based things in this book, but it hardly comes across as that. And I'm going to read a quote that you wrote about your book. Is that Okay. Sure. Yeah, this is a book about moving forward in life despite the pitfalls along the journey. It is a book about living a happier, healthier life. I'm an educator, speaker, and licensed psychotherapist. I've taught elementary school for 10 years, and I've worked in a variety of mental health settings. The principles in the book are research-based, and I've seen them work with my clients, my friends, and myself. Um, Welcome to the show, and we, we at one hour at a time really appreciate you spending time with us and sharing your thoughts on this book. So welcome, Kristen. Thank you so much for having me. I want to start with uh, the snowball effect is a very visual thing, and it can probably mean lots of stuff to lots of people. But in the book, you started off with a little story about the snow came down and it it really set it up really nicely for me how to visualize what you're talking about so tell us the story of the snow came down um well i really i was coming home one day and it was snowing outside and we don't get very much snow where i'm from so there was a lot of excitement um and it was actually sticking uh pretty quickly and when i got home my husband and my children were playing in the snow, and I was watching my daughter try to make a snowball. And, and, and as she's patting the snow, it wasn't sticking, and it wasn't sticking, and she was having a hard time um, uh, forming this snowball. And then all of a sudden, she started getting it to stick, and she began rolling this ball. And, and, and as the ball grew... Uh, it became easier, um, the snow became easier to, to um, pack down, and um, it, it just got easier for her. And I just started mm-hmm. thinking about so many things in life 
that start out small and, and grow, uh, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's our resentment uh, that tends to grow bigger or whether it's our, our uh, uh, positive things, such as gratitude, if we focus on that, how that can grow. Mm-hmm. So, and you follow that with something that describes our culture pretty well. It's called instant happy. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts uh, in the, in this little. It's only a page and a half, but it really says an awful lot. And I, I think this these are the things that people and and I for one really relate to. I and mean, we've just become an instant everything, haven't we? We really have. We have been a a, a culture that uh, you know we've become a society that really. Um, uh, relies on instant gratification. Um, however, a lot of times, if we're really trying to improve ourselves and our, improve our lives, it's a, it's a building block process. It takes time. And it's really uh, one small block that builds on another and builds on another until we can see great progress and grow in magnificent ways. And oftentimes if we get, get uh, 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 caught up in wanting things instant, uh, sometimes we go about instant happy in, in self-sabotaging ways rather than, uh, rather than following a process. Mm-hmm. The snowball goes, goes both ways, doesn't it? Now, in the snow comes down, you describe really clearly how it's really hard to get this thing going. And if anybody's grown up in the north, you really brought me back to my childhood because you try to roll the snow different ways and get that little ball started, and then your brother and sister would help you. And it takes a lot of work, which is very contrary to what we're used to in our culture. And once I've got this thought ingrained in my mind, then you explain to us what the snowball effect is, and it goes both ways, because when it goes downhill, man, it can just turn into a mountain, can it? I've heard people use the expression mountains or molehills in the mountains and all that sort of thing. So describe to me, you know, tell us what the snowball effect is and why you use that word. Well, you were talking about it can go both ways, and, you know, I I think you're absolutely right. There's a negative snowball effect and a positive snowball effect, and, you know, I believe that the negative snowball effect uh, builds on on negativity and anger and, and fear and blame. Um, in the book I talk about it holds on to resentment and harsh self-judgments, um, lack self-compassion. And it can really make us blind to, to the, the good things, the magic in life. And, and that's not the kind of snowball we want to build here. We want to build a, a more positive snowball effect, uh, which really can, can, can turn bad to good and, and good to great and, and anger to calm and uh, all kinds of things that can get us unstuck, um, uh, improve our relationships. And um, and you know, uh, wake us up to some of the the joy in life. And um, it, this book is cut up into three three parts, and I, I just love how easy it is to read. And I appreciate you for keeping this simple for us. It's just a part one, a part two, and a part three. And part one is about how do we avoid building that 
getting that negative snowball. And I think anyone that suffered from any kind of mental health issues, depression or anxiety or uh, even more severe, and all the addictive behaviors know this, know that feeling of when something just starts getting bigger and bigger and it gains weight, uh, the harder we try to push on it, the bigger that it gets. And uh, so part one, if if we got into part one a little bit, how, you know, you give some very simple ways on how to avoid sort of, if you will, building this negative snowball and getting it rolling in the wrong direction. Um, so start us off there. Um, well, part one really focuses on three chapters, and it's really what I've seen uh, a, a lot of people um, um, deal with um and and it's it's resentment and part one is is about letting go of that resentment because uh, really the the resentment uh uh really is like poison it, it gets us building negative momentum and, and building that negative snowball effect so i focus on stories about people letting go of that resentment and the tools to to let go of it um, and then chapter two is really about uh, obliterating harsh self-judgments. Um, too often the things we think about ourselves and the things we say to ourselves, we would never say to, you know, a small child or someone we love. And, uh, and, and having self-compassion um, to avoid that negative snowball effect. And uh, in chapter three, it's uh, about stopping explosive reactions and how to do that because many times we may not be able to control the things that are going on around us, uh, but we can learn to have some control over our reactions to it. And often it's our reactions that create that negative snowball effect. Uh-huh. So before we start this little journey, we kind of know where we're going with this, and I hope everyone sees which direction their snowball's moving today. Uh, you talk about your passion and your philosophy, and this really is to learn a little bit more about you. And you have led an incredible life, and this is about your passions and 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 your philosophy. So maybe just this last couple minutes, we'll talk about that, and we'll go to the next. We'll go to break. Okay. Um, well, you know, I really believe that. Um, that by making our passion, um, by making one small change, no matter how small it is, and, and, and building on that, um, and taking baby steps, um, and celebrating progress along the way can get us more in touch um, with our passion in life, getting rid of some of those old beliefs mm-hmm. um, that hold us back. Um, and another one of my philosophies I talk about is purpose. I believe that all of us, have, a, have unique strengths and talents, um, whether we recognize our purpose or not. Um, I realize that we, I, I feel like we, we all are capable of doing um, uh, great things, and sometimes even the smallest of things can snowball into uh, um, something pretty magnificent. Um, I talk about my philosophy on happiness. Um, there's research out there that shows that our attitudes and our actions are much more significant in, in our overall happiness than our circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talk about uh, my philosophy on success. 
um, being the self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, many people have heard of, you know, whether it be the childhood stories and songs, uh, um, the little engine that could, and, and mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, the, the poem, The Man Who Thinks He Can. I really believe uh, that much of our success is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, I talk about peace, my philosophy on peace, is I think living in te- with integrity brings peace, and too often... Um, uh, when our values don't match our actions, our actions don't match our behaviors, we feel little peace. Um, and love. I, I believe that we need to learn how to love ourselves, um, um, not in a narcissistic way. Um, uh-huh. I believe we need to love ourselves and have compassion towards ourselves so that we can spread genuine love to others. You know, when we are full of harsh self-judgments and criticisms, um, that self-contempt often gets projected on other people. And uh, finally, change. I talk about that change is hard. I mean, it is hard. Uh, Change produces anxiety. Um, But if we can suffer through the temporary anxiety that is associated with change, um, wonderful things can happen. And so this all starts off really small. I want to, I'd like how you describe that because I could relate to it. And I think, I hope the listeners can too. So we're going to start off really small and we get into, into part one. Uh, we're going to get into this letting go and some of these things that have to happen to stop the negative, the negative snowball. And then we're going to talk about how to build up a positive one. So we'll be right back in a couple of minutes with Kristen. Please stay tuned. Listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. 
your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everybody, to One Hour at a Time. We've been talking to Kristen Cuthrill who wrote this new fantastic book called The Snowball Effect, and it's how to build positive momentum in your life. And she described in the first segment her experience of watching her kids and her husband build a snowman uh, in the part of the world where they live where they don't have a lot of snow and how hard that is to just get this momentum going. But obviously the snowball effect in your experience also goes downhill and takes us into this uh, sort of a negative snowball effect. So before we can touch on the positive, I guess we need to talk about the negative part. And you mentioned resentments uh, before we took a break starting this chapter. But can you tell us, Kristen, now you've worked in psychiatric hospitals, so I imagine that a lot of what this book is about uh, is is sort of... uh, you know, found in those experiences, and maybe you could tell us a little bit more about working in the dual diagnosis field. Um, yes, I was working in an acute um, psychiatric hospital um, when I when the when I began uh, the framework uh-huh. of this book, and um, I was working with dual diagnosis uh, people who were uh, struggling with substance use disorders, along with some depression and anxiety. Um, And then I was working in a day treatment uh, facility as well. And um, I I just started seeing so many people struggling with... um, uh, with just similar similar themes, and that really is what became the chapters of this book. Okay. And talking to people, you have a lot of stories in here. So we start chapter one. There's a great quote here. Uh, C.S. Lewis, getting over a painful experience is much like crossing monkey bars. You have to let go at some point in order to move forward. Oh. You know, how many of us know what that's like, uh, you know, trying to do that and when you have to let go and leap forward? So you, you start with a story in this chapter, and you just, um, again, I want to remind our in this book, you're very uh, clear about anonymity, so you've changed the names and given people names. But these are real people and real stories, and uh, you talk about a gentleman that was uh, a little bit older, and he started to tell his story to you uh, and his story of regret. And maybe you can you can take it from there in this first story in the book. Um, yes, and you're right. I've changed um, the names of people, and um, you know sometimes I've changed you know w- where they work and how old they right. are just to protect their yep. confidentiality. That's really important. Um, to me, but I, I spoke about this this gentleman who 
um, he, he was just, he was a little, he was a little bit older in age and he, he was so filled with regret about uh, things about his job and his kids that had grown up so fast and he had spent so much time at the office. He had missed so much. And, um, and, and I listened to him and I, him and I, I felt his pain and I, and I, uh, you know, thought about my own children who were growing up so fast mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and after I took some time to really, really hear him, to empathize with him, um, we just, we started to, to turn the conversation to, to, um, you know, what, what he had done right and what he still had in his life and, and what he still could do because, you know, after all, his life was not over. And, and that's that part about that C.S. Lewis quote that you, you just, uh, uh, mentioned. Um, that sometimes, you know, we, we do have to grieve. It's really important, actually, and I mentioned that in the book, um, uh, uh, to grieve some of the things that we've been through. We can't just throw it under the rug, um, and I talk about that and, and why mm-hmm. we can't. Uh, but at some point, we, we have to be able to let go and move forward. And so you, it's very touching because you talk about uh, I, I, um, I love storytellers, and that's what you are. And you talk about him saying, quoting, you know, I've wa- you know, so much time has been wasted. And he was angry at himself, of course, and, and then he starts to cry. And, of course, you, you start to cry thinking about your children. Now, we're going to get into the science of all this later in the book. But in this one story, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. And and uh, I'm a radio interviewer right now, but you're the therapist, and you know all these things, and you're really expert in it. But this story really sets it up because he identifies his problem. You listen, you empathize, and then you give him this new idea that he can start this new snowball, basically, right? Right. And you give him this hope and. And you, I know in a lot of your writings you mention this, uh, that people become hopeless. Uh, and this really is what inspired you to kind of do this work, isn't it? It, it really is. It, trying to, um, I started researching hope and finding ways to help people uh, uh, um, become more hopeful. Mm-hmm. So here you are with this gentleman, and you... Talk about a change in perspective, uh, and this is a pretty important part of this chapter, and you might just explain to us how this came about and how, how you work with your clients. Um, you know, you're telling me you can't alter your past, but you can build on that today. So this is about all the new beliefs, right? Right. Okay. How does this work? Um, well, just like we were talking in the first, uh, in the first segment of this show, um, when we were talking about instant gratification and how mm-hmm. real um, uh, um, recovery, develop, personal development, whatever you want to call it, is a process. And, uh, and along with that process, um, you know, at first there, and a lot of times there needs to be some, some seeking some support and, and some grieving and, and, and allowing yourself to feel your pain. Um, but at some point, and no one can tell you exactly how long it should take, um, but, but at some point, um, 
there needs to be what I call, and I've, I've used this in my book and I love it, um, is bloom where you land. At some point, there's this radical acceptance piece that needs to take mm-hmm. over where it's like, okay, here is where I am. Um, I can't change the past, much like, you know, the old serenity prayer, except the things I can't change. Right. Um, here is where I am, and I need to bloom where I am. If I continue to ruminate and ruminate over my past, I am going to now uh, wreck my present and possibly my future. So it's that bloom where you land. What can I do now that can actually get people unstuck? Radical acceptance. Uh, it's, it's, you talk about it being free of judgment. Now, is this something you can teach people to do, or how does someone learn how to do this if, if they've never done that before? And I think a lot of us are like that, without judgment, complete acceptance. Well, yes, this, people, this can, is gonna take people can practice, practice it, isn't it? And people can learn it, um, learn how to do it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we do it with, I might hand a client a, a picture and tell them to describe the picture free of opinion. Just tell me exactly what you see. And, and that's a, a small exercise in that um, uh, free of judgment. And how that helps people is so many people, and when they're trying to, to um, build something more positive, um, they uh, stay stuck in, 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 in judging their past as good or bad, judging their feelings as good or bad. And at some point, um, it, it's helpful to just say it, basically, it is what it is. Now, what can I do moving forward? You t- Here's another story. Um, I suspect, well, I don't know if this man's name was changed or not, but this radical acceptance piece and thought you mentioned uh, an old friend of your father's who who passed away fairly young but you see, he inspired millions and millions of people and uh Tell us about Skip and Skip's story. Skip Wilkins is the name. Skip Wilkins, and I did not change his name because he was not my client. Yep. Um, He... um, This is about radical acceptance, right? Yes, it is. Mm Mm-hmm. Skip, Skip was, a, you know, a fantastic uh, athlete in high school. He was a star on the track team and a star football player, and he was being recruited by all kinds of college football teams. And three days after his high school uh, graduation, he got in a water skiing accident, and um, and I believe he broke his neck, and he became paralyzed from the waist down. Um, but he also had very little mobility in his arms. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, you know, and I'm sure that there was a, you know, a, 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 I would assume that there was a long grieving period after that. But what he did is he went on to, um, um, win the Paralympics. He went on to write a book. He became an international uh, motivational speaker. Um, he really, ins- like you said, he inspired millions of people. He, he uh, became a table tennis um, wow. medalist. And, and Skip said, uh, I have a quote that Skip said, and, and he, he said, I would have preferred to not have my injury, but if anyone said that they could take away my condition, I wouldn't let them if they took away my experiences. 
My experiences are too rich and wonderful to be willing to give up. And the radical acceptance piece is if he had spent his life thinking about what he could have done, what, what he used to be able to do, how much better other people have it, uh, uh, these kind of thoughts really uh, could have kept him down. Um, but he basically, obviously said, okay, here is where I am. Now what can I do moving forward? Mm-hmm. And so you, you respond to this story in How Do I Let Go? And you give three really concrete things. I think there's three. Identify why you do what you do, change the way you think about letting go, and then buy some sticky notes, a visual approach. And we're going to take a break in a minute. We come back, we'll talk about this. But you say you're a huge fan of sticky notes, and I often use them in my practice to help my clients visualize many things. But uh, one is to put these things down on your sticky notes and throw them away. Uh, literally let him go. But when we come back in the next break, we'll kind of pick up with how do I let go and the concrete uh, things that you give in here. And then, of course, the, the final word on this is all about forgiveness. And we could probably talk about that for a week. So please stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back. listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. Kelly covers our relationship with food and teaches us how easy eating well and living well can be taking us on a weekly food journey, guiding us to a more rich and vibrant life. So tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. You read about it in health news every day. Cancer rates are going up. Obesity in the U.S. is on the rise. Heart disease and diabetes are top killers every year. We can follow the advice of our doctor, but cravings persist. Weight goes up and energy is still down. It doesn't have to be like this. Tune in for Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. You'll learn how you can work with your body to feel better and look better, too. Body Balance Talk airs live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. 
You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everyone. We've been talking to Kristen Barton Q. Thrill and talking about her book, The Snowball Effect, How to Build Positive Momentum in Your Life. And I want to tell the listeners that you can go to her website, which is www.thesnowballeffect.com, and I'm sure you can spell that, The Snowball Effect. Uh, I've been to the website. There's a lot of... Uh, information there, uh, find out what Kristen is up to. And can folks contact you on that website as well, Kristen? They can. Okay. With questions. And and the book is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Author House, all over. So just go to her website. Uh, and I think it's a really good book for everyone to have on their shelf, whether you're a practitioner or a participant or a client or any other kind of word you want to use it's good for uh, for all of us and let's go back Kristen and you identify some some techniques here how do I let go identify why you do what you do and then uh, and then change the ways you think about letting go and then you give some good visualizations and how to do that that's right yep uh- um, yeah, I talk. We're talking about letting go of resentment, um, mm-hmm. and and one thing is to identify uh, why you do what you do. Um, every behavior serves a purpose, whether we realize what that purpose is or not. Um, and sometimes we have to look at what that reward is, and is it really a reward at all? Um, you know, why are we holding ourselves back from letting go of resentment when it really just poisons us, makes us bitter, makes us angry, makes us more explosive? And um, it may be, um, are we trying to, to punish the other person? Mm-hmm. Are we trying to punish ourselves? Um, are we looking for uh, validation, love, attention by by uh, maybe <clears throat> holding on to that stuff? Um, are we trying to protect ourselves from ever getting hurt again? Um, uh, because if we try to protect ourselves from ever getting hurt again, um, we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable. And, and really, uh, the problem without letting our if we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable, we really don't ever experience any, any true intimacy. Um, uh, are we trying to escape some kind of uh, responsibility and accountability uh, by holding on to that hurt? There are all kinds of reasons. And once we begin to, uh, and I talk about this more in the book in a lot more detail, but once yeah, we begin to absolutely. identify those reasons, we may be able to, to begin to change. And then you have to change the way you think about letting go. And, and you tell us to go back and look in uh, earlier in the book about New beliefs and old beliefs. So how, what is the technique here to have a, basically we've got to change our belief systems about, uh, you have an example in this chapter about a, a man and his dad, you know, he was unable to forgive his father. So how do we use well, this old belief, know, new belief 
Texas? Uh, well, you know, an old, I'll give you a few examples. An old belief might uh, be that if, if we let go, we think that we're letting the offender off the hook. Yeah. Uh, the new belief is knowing that maybe it's not about them. Maybe we're letting ourselves off the hook. Um, an old belief might be I'm saying if I let go of this resentment and I forgive, I'm saying that the offense was acceptable. Um, the new belief would, would be to realize that we can let go and still know it was an unacceptable offense. Um, maybe letting go, an old belief might be letting go, uh, will make us uh, seem weak. Um, and the new belief that is, is that it takes strength to let go and not allow another person to take over my mind and, and take my power away. Uh, old belief may be if I let go, I have to be friends with the offender. Yeah. You know, uh, the new belief may be, you know, I get to decide, you know, whether I want this person to be a part of my life or not. Um, and you know, when one of my favorites, uh, because I see it all the time, is people that, that think they can't let go of the resentment or forgive unless they get an apology. Well, we right. can spend the rest of our lives waiting for an apology that may never happen. We need to let go to, to, to let ourselves off the hook. Right. So this, now this, this is the part I wanna, want you to talk about because I just love this. Buy some sticky notes, a visual approach. Tell us about that. Now, I'm going to assume that you did some of this kind of work on your own or with your clients, obviously. Tell us about the sticky notes. How can you use those? Yeah, absolutely. I've used sticky <laughs> notes. I love the sticky note approach. Um, you know, anybody who's like me likes a visual approach. I'm very visual. And so sometimes it's just powerful to really do this, really uh, take some uh, transgressions that you feel uh, th that have th th ways that you feel like you've either been wronged or maybe things that you have done in the past that maybe you need to let go of. Maybe there's things you need to forgive yourself for so that you can move forward. Um, and you write those things down on a sticky note, and you can stick them on your shirt, you can stick them on the, your pants, you can stick them on the top of your head if you want to. Just stick them, stick them anywhere. And, um, and it's really about e either taking them off and just throwing them in the trash and saying, I'm finished with this. Or you can even visualize giving the sticky note back to the person who offended you, and you're not giving it back out of revenge. This is about uh, uh, letting go of resentment and forgiveness. You're giving it back to say, you know what, this is your stuff. It doesn't belong to me. No thank you. And you're just, you're just refusing to hold on to it anymore. Well, there's a lot of stuff you can do with that, isn't there? Yeah. And if you really don't want to get rid of it, you can just put it somewhere else and take it back at any time, right? Which is right, right. A and lot of people, people do that with resentments, you know, if you're really afraid to let go of something. And, you know, take it back at any time. You're welcome. Put it right back on your forehead. Did you use this technique with, when you were working with dual diagnosis patients? I did. I and sure did. And it, did it work? They, the, the clients liked it. They really did. We did, we, we did it along with some of the other approaches, but it gave them something more concrete. It's the visual. Yeah, they, they, I, I, got, I, I always received positive feedback about this. That's awesome. Well, I, I think I am personally going to go buy some sticky notes. <laughs> so the, you talk about finding the lesson in pain. Uh, I think it would probably be good if you shared just a little bit of why you wrote this paragraph here. 
um, well, life ebbs and flows, and um, and we all like to be on the top of that mountain feeling great. But I really feel like when we're down in the valley, is sometimes it, it that's when we learn. Sometimes it takes, unfortunately, sometimes it takes almost absolute crisis before we wake up and we learn. And so, you know, I, I think um, this, is, this is a hard one. This is really hard uh, to mm-hmm. try to find a lesson in the pain. What can I learn? What can I do uh, moving forward? But many times there is a lesson there. Yeah. And isn't that a piece of, I know you're going to talk more and more about DBT because you use these tools and techniques, but this seems to be another uh, small part of this radical acceptance is that Things are going to hurt, and it'll pass, right? Right. This too shall pass. You know, um, mm-hmm. the part of instant gratification, too often we we want to be happy and we want it now, and, and that's a lot of times why people uh, 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 turn to, to all kinds of different substances and self-sabotaging behaviors to numb themselves because they don't want to feel the pain. Um, but sometimes it's just healthier to allow yourself to feel the pain and know that it's going to pass. Yeah. And ultimately, we all need help to do this. And I think that's, you know, it's tremendous that our people like you are, are working to find old ways and new ways to help people. So in each of the chapters, you have a final word, which is really a nice synopsis. And you bring up uh, one of my favorite words of all time, uh, forgiveness. Um, yeah. Yeah. Without it, I mean, we need to we, we need to learn how, and it's it's a it's a learning process. Learn how to forgive others, and and to forgive ourselves um, to uh, to create the positive snowball effect when the, that the resentment it, it's just it really is it's just it's just poison it's like drinking a cup of poison and holding on to that stuff um you know there's really no place for joy and love or anything else to dwell within us when we're just you know you know stuck in that um in that bitterness right and you bring the light and, and let us not forget that uh, and this is about, you know, this is really the snowball effect. When holding in resentments, holding in all these things in our body, it starts to turn on our physical body and we get sick. And you mention in the book later on all the illnesses that can be attributed now to emotions that have not been processed, that have been held in and turned on our physical bodies. And we get physically sick when we don't do these things and process these emotions and uh you know forgiveness and the resentments uh are really hard to hold in and you've got stories in your book of people that are uh older folks that have held them in forever and ever and ever and you know my hope is and especially in the field of dual diagnosis that people can learn to use these techniques and tools earlier on in their lives you know and that's why I think a book like this is really going to be good for young people to read. And when we come back, we're going to take a break. I want to talk more about DBT with you uh, and all the different tools and techniques because it's interlaced through the whole book. Uh, and we're going to start to talk about how to build this new uh, 
positive, you know, momentum in our lives. And there's lots of simple little techniques to follow. And uh, when we come back from break, I think we'll start up with, you know, chapter three, and we'll talk about explosive reaction and, and a great quote from Benjamin Franklin. So we'll be right back in a minute or two. Please don't go anywhere. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Every day we face struggles and issues concerning addiction, whether it's ourselves, family members, friends, or other loved ones. On Overcoming Addiction, Hope with Prevention, Intervention, and Treatment, Dr. Joe Terhar helps us all better understand the causes and approaches to addressing addiction with the knowledge that no single approach is 100% effective. From guest experts, families, and addicts, you'll hear about what is and is not working in overcoming addiction. Tune in Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back, everybody. This is John McAndrew. We've been talking with Kristen Barton Q. Thrill about her book, The Snowball Effect. And uh, I want to let our listeners know that you can go to her website, which is www.thesnowballeffect.com. You can find out how to order this book. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Very easy to pick up. But you can also find out other things that Kristen's doing, a little bit more about her life and some of her other passions. Uh, 
and you can contact her there as well. So, Kristen, let's pick up where we left off. And uh, in the book, you talk, you have some techniques, and, and I like the term tools and techniques. You've used that. But these are techniques that will help you respond in a productive way, in a pr- productive way to avoid the emo- emotional avalanche. Now, when you... I hear that emotional avalanche that makes absolute sense to me because I've experienced that avalanche many times myself, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have. And really, that's what recovery is all about uh, from all these things that, that people do to avoid you know, getting well and ride this emo- emotional avalanche, which is sort of like being on a whole bunch of snowballs going downhill, I suppose. Um, so there's a lot here to talk about. You might just start at the top here. Okay, well, I, I talk in this, uh, the, the chapter you're referring to, Avoid the Emotional Avalanche. Um, we're talking yeah. here really about how to um, stop explosive reactions. And, I'll t- and I'd like to uh, tell the listeners a little bit about um, the tools and techniques I've, you know, to, t- to stop those uh, explosive reactions, but I do want to mention that these are really effective for, um, I think, for, for uh, if you're in recovery, preventing relapse, um, uh, stopping ourselves from any kind of impulsive behaviors, self-sabotaging behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and there, there's a whole list of them, and in the book I've described um, uh, pretty in detail, um, you know, about these. But, you know, first... Um, like before you're going to um, have an explosive reaction, basically one technique is first to recognize your body sensation. Right. Um, you know, and, and this this come this comes from DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy. Um, um, you know, do, does your face get flushed? Does your heart race? Do you clench your 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 fist? Do you grind your teeth? Do you breathe rapidly? What's happening to your body before you're going to explode or or do anything um, that you that that's going to bring you regret? Um, and then when you feel those sensations, really, it's so important to insert an intermission. Uh, give yourself a time out. Um, because anytime our brain is responding off a of pure emotion, uh, there's actually been um, brain research. The logical part of problem-solving part of our brain um, kind of shuts down. And uh, anytime we respond off pure emotion uh, without, without thinking about what we're going to do, um, we're not going to be as effective as, as if we take that intermission, allow the thinking, problem-solving, logical part of our brain to catch up to our emotion. Um, that's what we do with that intermission. Can you talk about it, that the amygdala and the frontal cortex? Well, basically, the amygdala just gets way out ahead of us, doesn't it? It really does. It, it really does. And just sometimes you can, you can breathe, you can count to 10, you know, taking a few seconds. That to to give yourself that intermission can 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 slow things down a little bit. Okay. Um, and then there's a bunch of uh, techniques and tools that you can do while you're having your little intermission. Um, I think a really powerful powerful one is um, to uh, play the tape through. Really stop and think about whatever you want to do, whatever you feel like doing, whatever that emotion is telling you to do to stop long enough to think about the consequences 
of that um, of that action. Um, you know, you know, if if you feel like you know uh, yelling at your child, right? What, what, what how are you going to feel after you yell at that child? Um, if you feel like binging on uh, really binging on food that you're not supposed to eat, how are you going to feel after that? Um, if you're in recovery and you feel like having that drink, how are you going to feel after you have that drink? What's it going to be like when you have to tell your sponsor and other people that you've relapsed? Is it worth it? Just taking the time to think that through, play that tape through all the way to the end. Yep. Um, we talk about... Um, Practice opposite to emotion. That's another dialectical behavioral technique um, in DBT. Really, um, you know, you, you feel like uh, so you you feel like um, you know lashing out, yelling. So you lower your voice. You bring it as soft as you can. You feel like hitting somebody, so you walk away. You're not avoiding the problem. You can come back and talk once you you settle that amygdala, that part of your brain down. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you, you feel like, um, well, you feel like taking the drink and you call your sponsor. It's all doing the opposite of really what that emotion's telling you to do. And that can be really, uh, powerful. Um, and a- mm-hmm. another one is, is to make sure you know, um, what makes you vulnerable. Um, and I love this. It's the acronym HALTS, H-A-L-T-S, um, no that you're going to be more likely to have some type of explosive reaction. Um, maybe you relapse, maybe go back into the, the, your old ways that you're trying to change. Um, when you're uh, feeling H-A-L-T-S, H is for hungry or hurried, A is for angry, L is for lonely, T is for tired, and S is for sick or stressed. Um, you know, you can, you can, uh, when you know that that is going to make you more vulnerable, um, you can try to eat some small meals. You can make sure, try to get enough sleep, give yourself extra time, try to reduce the vulnerability, um, can be, can, can also be very powerful. And one of them here, it's listed as to refuse the invitation. I know in Buddhist, we've had people on that talk about, Buddhist practices where you, I think there's one term, it's called habit energy or, but basically it's stuff that isn't true. And you say hello to it, thank you, I'll watch you go by. Um, you're better at this at explaining explaining that, but am I on the right track with refusing invitation? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, it means, okay, if you're, it, it tell, maybe it's, if somebody else is having a problem, you don't need to make it yours. I think a okay. great example is if you're driving down uh, the interstate and you're minding your own business, you're having a good day, and someone uh, makes a rude hand gesture at you, um, you know, believe it or not, people don't realize they have a decision to make there. They can allow their heart rate to go up, their blood pressure to soar, all these things to happen. Or they can practice. This takes practice now. Practice refusing the invitation, saying, you know what, I didn't do anything. That person's obviously having a bad day. They're having a problem. I don't need to make it my own. I don't need to accept that invitation. I'm going to go along with my day. Yeah. These are all, again, we want to thank you very much for coming on the show. And uh, 
these techniques and tools are just so easy to use and to follow in your book. So I recommend that folks go to your website, The Snowball Effect, um, you know, and look up Kristen Q Thrill. And the, the last name is spelled C-U-T-H-R-I-E-L-L, and it's pronounced Q Thrill. Look it up and kind of check out where to find this. And uh, it's very practical stuff for all of us. And uh, again, we want to thank you very much for being on the show. And we hope that the more you learn, the more you will put into a book format and you can come back on the show. Is that a deal? Yes, it is, John. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And we'll uh, see the rest of you next time on One Hour at a Time. We appreciate you joining us today for One Hour at a Time. Successful recovery from a substance abuse problem or mental illness depends on education and support of loved ones. Thank you for being that support system. Be sure to tune in next week for another hour of education and compassion. One hour at a time. We'll see you next week.